Mic check. All right, that works. Is this taco mierdas? Can I place <laughs> an order? You can if you want. You guys are listening to Down the Rabbit Hole. <laughs> Is this taco chorro? <laughs> taco chorro. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Here you <laughs> That's off the record. <laughs> I just wanted to see what people do when I usually... So I usually just like have it just go. Uh, I'll have it play just randomly and have people just kind of like hear where they're at. Uh, you're listening to Down the Rabbit Hole 98.3 KMWV, uh, Salem's community radio station. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, you know, you're on there. If you're on uh, Spotify, we also are on all major platforms. I'm very excited. I'm always excited. I'm an excited guy. This is like a full circle moment. Uh, guys, uh, just one one at a time. There's like 20 guys in here. Uh, could you guys uh, go by and tell me who you are and what you're... Well, I, well first off, not one guy. There's the guy. Sam, can you just tell me who you are? Hey, uh, Luis, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me back uh, for a second round. Second round? An- another episode here of Down the Rabbit Hole. I probably should have just uh, started that way. Okay. Well, here, we can do that. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at because that's, that's perfect because, you know, it's very important that I, it feels like a full circle moment to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, if you guys remember, uh, Sam was from one of the first episodes on the first season of Down the Rabbit Hole, uh, back before it was, uh, when it first started as Down the Rabbit Hole, before it was, uh, when we first got changed from body count, uh, and that was a thing. And I was like, Sam, can I tell you my body count? And he goes, no, uh, but I want to tell you about my wine that I have coming out here in this next season. Um, so unfortunately we didn't hear my body count, but round two, uh, Sam, can you tell me what you've been up to since the last time we talked? I mean... Uh, I, I know we have a special guest here as well, but you know, just I'm very excited to have you back on the show. I really am. No, thank you so much. Uh, when we first connected, um, I per- I was at a co-op in McMinnville, by the way. Mm-hmm. I produced three wines. Uh, we tried our we tried the 2019 Tempranillo during that episode, mm-hmm. and I produced three wines, 200 cases. Uh, and then since that time, I'm now at a co-op in Amity, Oregon. And um, in 2020, I made seven wines and a jump to 500 cases. And, um, and then I'm still hitting the road. Uh, like Rick Ross says again, every day I'm hustling uh, <laughs> because I don't have a brick and mortar. So it's more of a matter of uh, away from my daytime job when mm-hmm. I find time. On my morning commute to my daytime employer, I slang some wine. When I get off work, I'm slanging wine, and my days off, I'm definitely hitting the road. Uh, I was in Hillsboro today, uh, Tualatin, Beaverton, Portland, and Woodburn, and now I'm here in West Salem. Wow, that's uh, that's been busy. That's been busy since the last time I saw you because. Uh, I mean, I've seen you after that, but but it was like uh, it just feels like yesterday, honestly, that we were just on that vineyard and it was just like a nice day. Uh, we were having a good time. I was, uh, you know, we were just having a good time, you know. Uh, so I was really, in, in, I'm very impressed to see the growth that you made in the last, you know, couple of years. You know, it's been a weird with COVID and everything, and then how you kind of overcame that. Um, do you, do you do you are you still moving strong? Do you feel any any kickback from that? Or are you still hustling? Um, it, it, there's definitely the challenges still of, of, of COVID, um, as far as having the ability to be out in public for food festivals, uh, or events that used to exist, or there were a lot more freedom to these events. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as everything else, as far as, you know, selling wine, uh, as far as phone sales, I'm sorry, and personal deliveries. Uh, that is still going strong, but uh, even better right now is all the accounts that I have as far as on the retail side, wine bars and restaurants, it, it, the placements have been doing really well. Awesome, man. That's so awesome to hear. Um, and now really quick, new friend here, jumping in, tagging him. Can you tell me a little bit about you? Who are you? And uh, nice meeting you, sir. Yeah, Luis, thank you for the inv- invite, Sam, as well. Uh, I'm, my name is Adrian. Um, you know, I am, uh, I guess, from Jervis. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been in the industry for um, a little over 15 years now, mm-hmm. I think. So, um, yeah, and the way I met I met Sam was uh, uh, about through the iVoid program. Actually. Um, 
And just really quick, so can you give me like a recap on what that is? I remember seeing a lot of it, but like you got to explain things to me like I'm five. Yeah. So the iVoid program was is uh, a nonprofit organization that um, takes um, uh, vineyard uh, stewards mm-hmm. and uh, gives them an opportunity to uh, learn more about the industry and um, help them evolve in their careers. Um, you know, I was part of the first uh, class through that program. Um, and that's how I met Sam. And, um, yeah. Have you always, how, well, can I ask you something? How old are you? Cause you don't look that old. I am 33. I yeah. am 30 and I'm like, I look tired. <laughs> I just look tired and old. I have no, crack. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have, actually that's a funny story like that. That's funny drugs. Story. No. Too much drugs in like my early twenties. Um, yeah. well that's why we stopped. Cause it's like, that should take like ages you. You yeah. didn't do crack, huh? You no. didn't do, yeah. Um, that's one of the things, uh, fun fact, really quick. Um, I remember with a, with a friend, we did cocaine at the shack. I'm just going to put the shack on blast. And uh, <laughs> I just remember that we, me and one of my friends, who I will not name, but uh, we did cocaine off of a toilet seat that had pee on it. Oh, so I did pee cocaine, and it was like a funny yellow like a yellow color that I remember very vividly that we did pee cocaine. It was like some trash ass shit. And yeah. I, it was so bad. Um, and, and so if you look at my logo, the bunny rabbit, the, the yellow, that's that yellow is pee, cocaine, pee, yellow. When you mix pee and cocaine, it makes this bright yellow. And that's mm-hmm. the logo on my buttery logo. And so uh, back to, uh, yeah, so uh, how long have you been interested in wine? Because 15 years is a lot to um, just, you know, you've had many opportunities, <clears throat> I'm sure, to kind of quit. What made you want to stay? Like, So it's it's a weird story because I'm not, so the, the whole vineyard stuff wasn't my thing, you know? Really? Why I, so? I didn't, I didn't look at the vineyard stuff or like the wine stuff necessarily as being my thing. I started off in, in the food industry. Mm-hmm. So I, um, a lot of people know, but I, I went to culinary school. Oh, where did that okay. Yeah. So, um... And then I did my intern out in South Lake Tahoe. I was there. And in, in South Lake Tahoe, um, even through school, exposed me a lot to, like, wines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But being in South Lake Tahoe, worked at this uh, really, really fine establishment, um, uh, which is called the Summit Restaurant at the time. It was, like, their most luxury uh, restaurant they had at the time. And um, we did a lot of wine dinners there, a lot of them from, from different um, wineries in, from California. We'd drive up and, you know, we'd have wine dinners there. And that's what really exposed me. I was like, oh, I remember this, like, a, you know, and, um, but my early years, I, I, I used to do, um, like summer work and mm-hmm. be out in the vineyards, like, you know, after high school and stuff like that in the summertime. So I was like, oh, I was like, I remember vineyards and I, I would, but I never thought of it as a, as a full-time job until, until the, uh, recession hit in 07. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah. 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 So that kind of, I mean, it, it kind of blew it a lot of, I mean. A lot of people, I think, at that time even switched switched uh, careers, and I think I was one of them. So that's why I moved back to Oregon. Um, at the time, it was very difficult to get a job um, in the restaurant industry because, I mean, a lot of them had closed. So the same thing as now. I mean, there's a lot of restaurants that closed, too. So Is, is your family involved <clears throat> with wine as well, or are you the first one so far that's uh, been involved this far into the industry? This far, I think, from, like, my parents and my like my siblings, I think I've been the only one. Oh yeah. Yeah. How how do you think they view you, uh, working from the fields to now where you're at? Uh, how do you think, or how do you, uh, what um, do you think your perception is on that? It was a lot of challenges at first because uh, when I first started doing it, they were like, "Oh, why are you going back to the fields? You know, like we work there, and you know, we know how hard it is." And it was like not a lot of encouragement. I was like, "Well, I don't know. I want to try it. Like, you know, like." I'm not going to, like, say, like, oh, I'm not going to end up like you guys. Not, like, you know, it's something bad. Like, you know, you guys didn't make anything out of it, but you guys all, they did. They they worked hard in the fields, but now, like, my mom works for, she's, like, a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. And my dad works at, at a, a, a print screen company in Portland. Mm-hmm. So they they don't, I mean, they've been, it's been years since they've been out in the fields. But they always told me how hard it was. And I just stuck with it. And, you know, I think in this industry, the harder you work, and the uh, the opportunities will open up eventually, and that's where you know I am today. What kind of role do you do in the industry? Like, what, so, what does that entail? Uh, now I'm a regional vineyard manager, so I oversee a lot of properties that we we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, under me, I have two supervisors that manage. You know, um, we're managing at least uh, 
what is it like 500 acres together between the three of us mm-hmm. and i oversee their daily tasks and operations and everything um what do you find the most difficult out of from your day-to-day stuff uh the most difficult i'm not sure uh Oh, it's it changes. It's not like a daily thing. It changes every day. It's that's what that's what I like about this injury set. You're not doing the same thing every single day. Uh-huh. You know, it's different. Every day is different for us. Yeah, like yeah. Well, what, what are you? You seem like a very chill dude, but maybe that's because I just met you. But like, <laughs> are you a stressed out person? Do you get stressed out pretty easily? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Are you are you angry person? I get angry sometimes, but uh, I do. But I not. I, I think now it's more like you know I it. I get angry like for five seconds and it just blows off. It's like, I yeah, nothing yeah. to be angry about. You know, I got a lot of things going on and can't. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, but yeah, no. stress, stress is not, a, I think, not a big factor anymore. Um, so it, it, what, what, what do you feel like? Where do you feel like? Fifteen years. That's a lot. That's a huge chunk of time. Where do you see the industry moving forward in the next fifteen? I mean, it's going to expand. I mean, over the last ten years, it expanded quite a bit. I mean, wine's been synonymous it's, it's, with with everything in in everything from like music culture, uh, even up to like biblical culture, like even yeah. like different like religions base their like their whole practices around wine and the the gathering of you know people. Yeah. So it's not going away. No. So do you think fifteen years and another fifteen will another fifteen years will be any difference? Oh yeah. I think guys like Sam, Sam in 15 years is going to be big, you know. I mean, I remember a lot of smaller winemakers 10, 15 years ago, they were just starting. Mm-hmm. And now there's some big key players in the in the industry. I'm oh, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. Well, no, because I, 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 are you ever curious on making your own wine or wanting to get out there like that? Or? Um, Kind of, but not, not as, I don't feel, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not there yet. I'm no. not gonna lie to myself and say, "Hey, let's try it." Like, yeah, know, yeah. I just don't feel it. I mean, I, at some point, I know I will mm-hmm. get more interested. Oh, maybe yeah, I want to have my own stuff. But, yeah, but I'm not there yet. What interests you right now? What what part like gets so you I'm excited? So I'm still I'm still stuck in like the 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 vineyard stuff. Um, that's what really interests me right now. And um, I'm in the process of of developing a vineyard for for myself to to explore. You know, not only different varietals, but the stuff that I want to work with. Right. Yeah. And um, what kind of stuff is that? So I want to work with like like some Chardonnays, uh, maybe some Viognes, um, uh, Pinot of course, just the varietals, and um, some Gamay as well. What's your favorite type? Uh, for Pinots? Yeah. Uh, I would probably say the uh, Cory clone. Why so? Uh, I like the structure, I like the taste. When you say structure, again, I, and I love asking this because I love asking when, like, I'm a five year old. You know what I mean? That's basically <laughs> that's how I talk to him. So the way it's just feels on your palate. Yeah, yeah. You know, not only that, the the, the, the aromatics you get from you know it's crazy because there's different clones and all of them have different aromatics to them. It's just so. I mean, that's what's fascinating too about the winemaking side. Uh-huh. If you ever go get a chance to go, you've been out to a facility during harvest. No, no. You should probably get out there. Yeah. And just say, hey, what clone is this? And just like take a whiff. You know, what that? And it's funny because like I I was dating a girl for a while who was into uh, she worked I don't know what she did but she was in she said she worked in the lab at one of the vineyards in Newburgh, oh, okay. and that's how I first first was like my first taste of wine yeah. culture, and and wine anything, really yeah. and it was her telling me stories of the lab and how she. Her job was to check the barrels and t- check like the acidity levels and, and just check a bunch of other stuff. Um, and, and I was just thought that was so fascinating because she would go on for hours and hours. We're not dating anymore, but like I always think back, I'm like, man, I almost want to talk to her and be like, hey, I know we broke up, but like, <laughs> can we still talk about like what you do in the industry? Because that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just super fascinating from both sides of just like your side of it and then Sam's side of it. Because I feel like at the end of the day, you guys are both creatives. And I feel like you both are like, you guys have a common goal here and that's essentially to get it to the people. Yeah. How do you feel like, uh, that's working out for you so far? I'm good. I think I'm in, I mean, I've had a lot of doors open up for me, but also it takes a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice day to day. And you know, it's, if you really like something, you don't look at it that way, but mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, man, you work a lot. Your stuff, <laughs> it's like, you work a lot. It's like, yeah, but it's like, I don't look at it as much as work. It's like, I like it. I enjoy it. You know? Have you ever thought about quitting? No. Not once. No. You're lying. 
<laughs> at first, at first, I, I would admit, at first it was it was difficult. It was, it was so hard. Like I said, like at the beginning, it's so hard to get started. And when you want to get somewhere, it's like, oh, it's like when, like when am I gonna get my shot? When am I gonna? Get right. Just keep working at it. So, and then eventually, what I learned is eventually opportunities open up, and you know, people start saying your name like right out. And, stuff. and and you know, with the with the current like you know, COVID still a thing. You know, we're still yeah. kind of sacrificing. And I asked him how 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 have you noticed with the change on your end with your with 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 your job. Uh, at first it was, it was kind of tough cause we didn't know what we were, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Now it's, um, did you guys close down at all or no, still, no, chugging. I mean, I've been chugging away since COVID started. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I, we got, we got sent home because, you know, people have tested positive and you know stuff like that. But I mean, other than that, we're rolling right through it. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people are on your, your roster right now? How many people do you manage and, and oversee? Um, I'm not quite sure. Probably like 14. Four. I think. That's a lot of responsibility. You ever get like that kind of like stress, pressure, stress? Um, That's 14 lives you have to be accountable for. Yeah. Some, sometimes. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you, if you really sit down and think, if you think about it, yes, you're going to stress out about it. You're like, oh, these guys have families or like, you know, like oh, hopefully they don't get, you know, somebody sick and, you know, who knows? They might have an older family member living with them, and just thinking about. But the less you think about it, it's, yeah. but you're not thinking because you're working a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and and so now that you're you're you're, you're do you feel like you're settled in and you're you're ready to go? You're still doing. You haven't lost anything because you're you're still going. I mean, other than the getting sent home yeah. uh, from like you know people getting tested positive for COVID, it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, How's, how's your company going to hold up now after this? Um, do you guys work around it? Work uh, like, what's the work ethic like now? I think it's still the same. You think so? Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, the thing is, also, man, they, they want to work, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what they, I was going to ask you. Like, okay. Because, like, a lot of people are not working right now. They don't want to work. Oh, that's, I mean, if, if, like, I don't care if they don't want to work. Fuck them. <laughs> but, like, the, the, the people that do, like, their jobs and, and, and need, well, not only need it, but they need the income. Those are those are the ones that are gonna be out there working. Not gonna lie, it's yeah. a lot of white people who don't want to work. Yeah, that's that's really mean to say, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, I I did a tally and it was just like for the amount of Hispanics and like versus like amount amount of white people, like yeah, like white people are not really trying to work right now. And I thought, I'm gonna be honest, I mean, yeah. Well, look at like like I'm not trying to get like super <laughs> political or whatever, but like 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 we live in West Salem. There's a homeless problem. You go you, when you when you leave here tonight, mm-hmm. you look right outside. Who are you gonna see? Yeah. Go to Portland Road. Go in Lancaster. Who are you gonna see? Yeah. Somebody's steal out there. Somebody's grandpa selling oranges. You know what I mean? And it's such yeah. a weird thing to like think about. Like, I have a lot of time to think about stuff. And I, like I'll be working. I still be work. And I don't know. I don't do drugs or anything like that. But I still think a lot. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think about is you know all the people and the type of people who don't want to work versus work. So when you tell me that you have people wanting to work, I find that so fascinating. And it just it, it just proves my point even more. What, what's what's the de- is there a lot of diversity in your work yeah how so um well when we have uh so unlike us we we have a lot of uh assistant supervisors that are females mm-hmm. in our job and part of that is i think it, it brings a um how do you say it? uh it kind of creates that i mean women can do the same job that we can i mean honestly and it's um I don't see that a lot, and with us, it's I think females and and men in this industry can do the same same job out in the field. Yeah, no, I believe that one hundred percent. Like women are fucking are crazy. They're they're they 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 can, yeah. they can they can do a lot more stuff that you know that men have never given them credit for in the last like what fifty years. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome to see stuff like that happen. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and and I guess that's where I'm. I, I try. I want to piss off a little bit a couple of people because I've been. I made this whole argument the other day where I'm like, you know. I'm seeing people like I work as a medical assistant, right? And mm-hmm. it's very like, you know, you work with doctors, no big deal, you know? And then one of the pharmacies here, they they closed down because nobody wanted to show up. Like literally they showed up. It was a <laughs> it was Rite Aid, Rite Aid up the street. Nobody yeah. showed up. Like literally just said, I'm going to be an employee. And they stopped going to work. So then uh, you hear the the news and the media and everything say there's no work. There, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Nobody wants to show to. No one wants to work. Mm. Um, you, you know, you're over here telling me that that's not the case, and it's very fascinating to me that people yeah. are 
not quitting on your job and your mm-hmm. field? No, if anything, I mean, those, those the people that are out there working and they want to keep working, I mean, those are the guys that are getting pay increases, increase yeah. nowadays, so which, which is really nice. I, I, do you, do you guys, are you guys pretty like a, like a fair company as far as like oh, yeah. those kind of, yeah. you notice things? Yeah. I mean, I, I do hear a I lot. I mean, from of, a management standpoint, yes. Yeah. yeah. What's one of the, what, what's some of the biggest values you value in an employee? Um, or what do you value in, in maybe in, in somebody else? And an employee, I think the the biggest thing for me is is their honesty. Yeah, I'm big like on that. Do you do you show? Do you believe in boosting morale when you have workers? Yeah, is that a thing? And most people don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of iffy, <laughs> you know. And I mean, not like like good job, good job, but like you know, some people expect like where's my Starbucks gift card kind of thing. No, <laughs> no. I just I mean, a good like hey, you're doing a good job here and there. I think goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, I think being recognized, I think a lot of people, being recognized is, I think, is more than enough for a lot of people. And I think it's, that you're, if you're doing it, it's great. I mean, it's, it's like, I think that should be the, like, the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, how, any regrets from the last 15 years? Have you ever had anything yeah. where you're just like, like? I think the first, I would probably say the first like six years, uh-huh. I think there, I, I should have pushed myself a lot more. How so? I was, I was, because I was young at that time and you don't, you, you think you're, you're doing enough, but in reality you could be doing a lot more. Hmm. And then you, I, I, I used to party a lot when I was younger too. So that took away, you know, weekends and stuff and, you know, sometimes not going to work. I wish now it's like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, done that. It would focus more. Maybe I would have been somewhere else by now or something, yeah. you know. Are your where are your priorities at now as a thirty three year old man in in a in a current COVID climate? Like where do you see yourself at right now? Uh, I mean, I, I right now my focus is you know my job is the main thing, but like my my vineyard stuff. Mm-hmm. I think my wife and I are pretty pretty set. On is that. this is this a team effort? Does she work in the same thing? So kind of. Um, I'm taking the majority of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. She's helping me out with more of the the, the legal stuff, you know, the paper stuff. The, how the, how legal can it get? Not that not that much, but just filing everything, oh, know, okay, having everything in order, you know, as a business. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be her. Okay. Um. And and as far as like, I know you're not really much of a partier anymore. Um. You can get down mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got this other thing where I'm 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 playing in the band. Every like you know Saturday now, so it's oh yeah. Well, how's, what's what's uh, tell me about it? What's 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 that about? Because that that I I didn't I again I don't know you. <laughs> so yeah, you so, just throw out this thing. You just throw. Out, I'm, so I'm I play regional Mex- Mexican music. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And I met with these uh, other four colleagues. Um, some uh, live like we have one guy that lives out in the Stakata in the middle of like you know out in the Goonies, <laughs> and I have another guy that lives in Gresham. Um, and we have one guy that lives in Vancouver, so we all meet up, you know, once or twice a week. And late at night, like seven thirty-eight, and we practice. What's your position? What's your? Oh, I just play a six-string guitar right now. Okay. And I do some second, second voice or whatever second. Yeah. What? Uh, how long um, have you been in uh, music? So I've been playing music for a while. Um, I learned from my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's been a while now. Maybe a good seven years, eight years. Do you ever feel like your like that artistic side of you comes out more, and is that why it's holding you back from the wine side of it? No, no, I do it because I, I enjoy it. One, <clears throat> two, it takes some of my stress off. Oh yeah, you know, being out Friday nights or Saturdays, you know, and you know, just jamming, just having a good time, getting paid for it. It's super awesome. I think it's. Do you guys- I mean, if, if if I could be a rocker. You know, every single day I I do it too. But that's a that's yeah. a that's a dangerous gig, yeah. though, don't you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you want a family, you know, like because yeah. you, you have a family, right? Yeah. And yeah. and do, does that ever interfere? Because no. I'm I, I my my goal right now is to start a family, yeah. and that's what I'm working at right now. That's my goals. These are my new priorities. My priorities five years ago were not to do this. Yeah. You know, so what kind of advice do you have for a guy that's just kind of like figuring it out? Especially I mean, your your family comes first, obviously. Um, but just like we we have a schedule, our thing is like it's, it's like Sundays are our family days. You mm-hmm. know? I don't do anything else. Just family on Sundays, and during the you know it's afternoons coming home. It's like my kids. Are you a selfish person at all? I can be. Yeah. yeah. 
How do you express your selfishness? Um, I tend to spoil myself sometimes. Like buying yeah. stuff? What was one of the biggest purchases you bought and did you get in trouble for it? Uh, well, I guess one of them wasn't really my for me, but I, I, I bought a, a pickup. <laughs> That's only, a big purchase. <laughs> only to, to sell it, resell it, and then um, get a, I bought an SUV and I gave that to my wife. I wanted the SUV because I liked it, mm-hmm. but then I was like, ah, I'll just give it to my wife. So I just gave it to her. <laughs> just regifted yeah, it because I bought it. I was like, "Oh, this is nice." And I drove for a week, and I was like, "Ah, nah. that's yeah. a smart idea. I should probably do that. Just buy a car and then just give it I to, to a lady." For you, you know, that's smart. I should yeah. do that. But like, like, she calls me out on my bullshit. She'll be like, "You fucking Indian giver!" Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it's. I think that's pretty cool. Like, I, I love how you're balanced because, again, like the mu- musician side of you is 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 wild because that's a whole lifestyle. Yeah. That's a whole it's different. I mean it's yeah. Like I, I really enjoy it and sometimes like I gotta control myself. I can't focus too much on this. You know. Oh, so you're I not even play, at full capacity right now. No, you're not I, I can't be. Otherwise yeah. You, you yeah, it's just I, I like I tell the guys like, you know what? Money's good. I, I won't I won't lie. I mean money's good in the music industry. Um but it can also take you away from other priorities. Now I'm just curious, how often do you guys play? Because that's a that's a good gig. If you so guys we've are getting been, paid, we've been playing like every Saturday. Um, I don't know for it was like two months straight. Yeah, is it? are you still doing that right now? Like, yeah. So we got something coming up this Saturday, and then we go on like a two week break. So where are you going this Saturday? Do you want to do some shameless plugs? I want to hear it. I want everyone to hear it. I'll even put this episode out sooner. I'll I'll, I'll put this episode out sooner so I can get those shame. If you want those shameless plugs, yeah. There's, oh, yeah, there's 4.5 people listening. Oh, okay. So, like, we're, 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 what are you doing this Saturday? So, we're, we're, we're having a gig here in Woodburn. Um, it's like a birthday party. Oh, okay. So, it's like a private yeah. affair? So, like, nobody yeah. can go. So, like, all 4,000 people are going to go to the door and be like, and be like uh, they won't even know who's, like, who's that guy. Who's that? Yeah, he's we, part of the band. We heard you on a podcast. <laughs> and we were like, we want to come hang out. <laughs> he's a sound engineer. He's a <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Do, um, is that a fusion? Huh? No, no, no. We haven't played at Fusion yet. Uh, is that is that a goal? Um, I just, I just, I, I just mean, found it about. I don't that know how that stuff works. So we have, we have a, a like a band manager. Uh-huh. I guess. So he's the one that sets all that stuff for 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 shows. At, you know, so this is like a real deal, legit like yeah. operation. Yeah, you uh-huh. can find this on YouTube now. I think we loaded up our first video, but um, and we got like our plans to make like a music video pretty soon. Oh shit! What, what's just, the, what's uh, the what's the YouTube channel? What was uh, the name? It was actually done by a friend of the band. He's got his uh, very talented kid, man. Um, forgot his name. Something he does. He does uh, like production, like audio productions and video stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, supersonic audio and film. Why does that sound familiar? I feel like I I know. Uh, yeah. Antonio? No, no. Uh, I don't know. There's a guy named Antonio who kind of has this, the, not supersonic, then it might be something else, but okay. something along the lines of the audio. Because I'm trying to get into YouTube too. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. into like video and something, and I can't do it. I don't know how. I don't I don't know anything. All this, I, I, this is three years of just me doing it. And just like. Oh, he'd be the guy to do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, 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 well, because I'm so hard headed. I'm very hard to work yeah. with. I'm, I'm um, the worst. I'm the only employee here. I'm the only one that does it. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that's just like hard headed and I can't work with people because I, I want things a specific way. Yeah. And I know how I want the product to look. And, and for example, my logo, I, I did a recent redesign that I posted on my Instagram. And uh, I originally was going to go on, I think it's called Fiverr, Fiverr, and where you look up graphic artists and they kind of like make your design. They, 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 some of them are pretty cheap. Some of them go very expensive. Yeah. They make you all these uh, graphic designs. They give you, they, they do all the, everything for you, social media kits and everything. And it's really cool. And you might check it out. If you guys don't have a logo, right? You guys have all that stuff. Yeah. That's a thing to look into. And I needed to clean mine up because I did all mine by myself. And I got frustrated with a couple of the graphic artists because they're like, well, we'll take your rabbit logo and then we'll make them a mascot <laughs> and then we'll add this. And then I'm like, no, I want it to look this, this way. And they're like, no, that's stupid. And I'm like, maybe stupid, but like, <laughs> this is how I want it. And it's also your branding It's my branding. And also like, fuck you. This is my, this is how I want it. And, and so I ended up getting frustrated one night and I just like, I'm going to do it again myself. And it took me like eight hours or something just to like, 
do it all myself step by step to clean up the lines, clean up the logo and everything. And I just kind of was like, um, here it is. And it, it worked out really well. I think it did really well. Um, are you really hard to work with? Are you, cause you have two different I, avenues. I, I can be two different avenues though. And, and, and you have to be with people. Yeah. So what's the, what's the worst part about people? From both sides, the wine industry and your, your, uh, so, your, your music gig. I I think I think in the wine industry, I think for the well for the vineyard side, it's uh, you know it's like everything. Everybody has their way of doing things sometimes, mm-hmm. and sometimes, like I don't know, like it doesn't work out the way some people have thought. Maybe they were doing it right. Yeah, and it's like you know, and there's people that have figured it out. You know, it took them a while to figure it out, and to do it the correct ways on certain things and just trying to get that point across people with something that's like, oh, it's, there's a lot of people that are like really, really stubborn. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, you, you mind if I do a little, uh, a little flashback real quick, but uh, you said you were from Jervis. Are you first generation or uh, like Mexican or? Yeah. 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 So first generation. First generation. And how much pressure is put on you to succeed by your family? If there's any. Not really. Really? No. I feel like at I first, uh, at first, yeah. When I mean during my my during your schooling, your parents always push you to, you know, be some. They want you to be a doctor. When in reality, it's like not everybody's cut out to be a no, doctor. Really you know? Yeah, that's so, so hard. It's to like, you know, it takes time to kind of like learn that. But from a culturally, it's like, you know, my parents, you know, they they didn't grow up here, obviously, so they don't. I mean, it's a it's a cultural thing, so. Um, but at first, yeah, high school it was always like, oh, you got to do your best, da da da. And I mean, I I, I kind of did do my best, I guess I would say. Were you a good kid? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to because like, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, I wasn't a troublemaker. That's for sure. No, no, I love trouble. That was my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Was cause trouble. That's why. No, I, that's why I'm a trash human being. That I no, am I was more like a like a sports. Uh, oh, so you had to be like very on top uh, of everything, yeah, huh? Kind of. I mean, I wasn't the best. I wasn't getting the best grades. I mean, they were decent, but they were like, you know. Is is was playing sports is what kept you going, or? It's what got kept me out of a lot of trouble for sure. Yeah, because yeah. um, I mean, I I I've, I've never hung out in Jervis and in, in like yeah. the Woodburn area, but it, like you know, obviously back in the day, oh yeah, people talk, was, I mean, you know, yeah, back you know, in the day. I, I lived in Kaiser with like my friends were white, yeah. <laughs> so like. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, if you didn't, I mean, there's a lot of friends that I know that ended up being going to jail or. I mean, they're just, yeah, no longer here. So. Is it is it weird that, you know, I, I like to consider, if this is a long shot, you're at a good success level. You're not successful, but you're at a good sex, success level. Is that fair to say? What's your uh, version of success? Um, what does that look like for you? No, uh-uh. I mean that's fine. I mean, I mean, and it's maybe it's something I overthink a lot, and I always ask myself these questions. I'm like, where am I going to see myself in next week? Where am maybe I gonna it's when the tour bus pulls up to, for for them. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. He, he's already sticking. His, I mean, that would be cool. If we can like, because you're already getting paid. Yeah. How many? Just look at Salem alone, and how many artists there are. Um, and there's a good handful of them. Oh, there's a lot, man. Yeah. That's crazy. But you're out here getting a constant paycheck from, uh, you know, gigs. You know, that's success. It's not bad. It's not bad. You get out of here. That's a good success. I'm very excited to see yeah. what you're doing, man. That's really cool because I've never, I've never had an artist in my house before. This is cool. You know, um, where, where do you see yourself now going and now with the music part? Where, where, where? That's just wherever it takes me. I'm not like, you know. It's... No. I'm just, I mean, whatever comes its way for the music side, it's like, hey, I'm all for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, fuck it, just do it. Yeah, it's just like, do it, see what comes up. And, you know, Damn, you really yeah. do do it for the, like, the love of it, huh? Yeah, just enjoy it. You know, I'm, like, not, I'm not looking like, and there's a lot of artists out there that really want to make it and they're pushing themselves. That's great. You know, I'm not one of them. You know, I like, I like playing music. I like, you know, I play my guitar almost every, every day. Mm-hmm. If not, just because it's in my room, I have one of them just to grab it before I go to bed. Do you do you do you enlist a lot of these uh, like um, things you've learned into your children? Do you push like your interest um, to them? Kind of, I try to. Um, you know, as far as the music, I would love my kids to go like play, play an instrument. I think it's good for 
for one to to know how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I don't know. They're it's a it's a whole different generation. Yeah. Than from what I grew up, you know. Yeah, because like, like, we had a lot of weird. Like I'm first There's generation a lot more as well. Technology now for kids. And That's very true. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. That do you do you do you ever? Um, I guess now I'm curious on like parenting. Where where do you where do you see yourself as far as like our parents raise us one way and they talk to us a certain way because that was the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe in like breaking cycles? Like as far as like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I've I've seen a lot. Like my parents call me a lot of names, and like in in twenty twenty one, like my like they would never do that now. Like you know what I'm saying? So do you, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I mean certain things, certain habits. Um, I I I kind of let my kids be more expressive. I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, I didn't I didn't grow up like that for sure. I mean, my parents were strict, strict. Oh yeah. So yeah, I try not to be. On my kids. Like, like, in a, like, you can't leave the house. You have to work. Yeah, like, like stuff like that, or um, or go hang out with friends, you know, after a certain time or on the weekends, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's really cool, and I think that's probably one of the more important things is, you know, because at the end of the day, they're kids. You know, it's you know, so, I mean, until you're like 16, 17, 18 then yeah, that's when it gets. But hopefully rough. by then you kind of have like you know, I feel like if you. Like treat your kids like if they're in a cage, they're gonna eventually want to get out and do things and do bad things, you know. So you know that's if that's you give them that freedom just to say, well, you know, that's hundred percent accurate. Yeah. I think I my mom treated like raised me if I was in a cage. That's the perfect way. Yeah. If she's listening to this, that's how that's how it is. <laughs> I was in a cage, and that's why I was rebelling so much. That's why yeah. I, you I know that's a, yeah. I rebelled so hard. Rebel. And then like in my in my late twenties, in my early twenties, I mean that's when I started rebelling even harder. And that's how the drugs and everything came in. I'm not saying my mom's my mom's <laughs> fault, but like you know like Looking I want under the bridge. I wanted to do stuff like like. You know, I, I'm one of those kids. Like my mom was like, "Don't touch the comal. If you touch it, it's gonna burn you." I'm like, "Well, I want to find out." Yeah. And I found out under the bridge what the comal felt like. You know. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that's pretty cool that you 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 kind of like break those cycles of like like mm-hmm. traditional Hispanic norms, but still keeping culture. Do you still yeah. want to push that culture to? Because oh, yeah. like, I'm worried. Like 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 my girlfriend. She she she's she's Mexican as well, and mm-hmm. she always tells me like we need to keep the culture keep the culture yeah. i think it's very important to keep the culture and like for me like i grew up with white kids and i grew up li- like punk rock and like you know yeah. i never was like i was like my mom would be like listen to spanish music and i'd be like no i don't want to this is stupid and then now <laughs> as a 30 year old i'm like fuck i'm stupid i love my culture now like it yeah. wasn't until like i was like 25 when i started like appreciating my culture appreciating the music appreciating everything even like the concept of like going to bailes i was like why are you people going to go dance why are they gonna go do that and now it's like i get it you know are you worried that your kids are gonna do that i'm i was basically no. roughly uh a borderline no kid yeah. you know before it was a cool thing to do before tiktok so like <laughs> <laughs> like, like <laughs> Are you worried about those values being like lost? Not with my oldest daughter. I think she's. Um, I think we raised her really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, who's five, uh, I don't know. He's that kid's. We'll see how. Are you worried? Yeah, he's the one I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> and and like and yeah, definitely like yeah. when I do have my own kids, I definitely want to push like the culture more now. Yeah. Even if my kids like, but you didn't do it, and I'm like, that's why because I didn't do it. I want you to do it kind of yeah. thing oh. and then i'm but now i'm like am i repeating oh. the cycle of <laughs> what, what my parents try to put me in a box and then now i'm yeah. gonna do it you know so i'm i'm, I'm just trying to figure it out man i just turned 30 and i'm I like i already yeah. ran out of the ibuprofen that they give you when you turn 30 like i don't know what to do now oh. yeah. <laughs> and oh. so um you said you were a good kid you're a decent teenager you you did good in school um you you left to Utah. No, South Lake Tahoe. South Tahoe. Yeah. Okay. So what was that, and why why there? So uh, so you, during you know, during during college, you have to pick a, a place to do your intern, and that was one of the places that popped up, and I was like, oh, South Lake Tahoe looks interesting. You know, pictures look great. You know, um, and then not only that, but I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta pick something. You know, within the next couple months, kind of thing. Did you go by yourself, or was it yeah. like a whole group? No, of... no, I just went by myself. Were you nervous? Because like, my, Jervis so think, is a small yeah, town. It was uh, kind of, yeah, a little bit. Um, it was a different atmosphere for sure. 
Do you, um, do you think traveling kind of opened up your eyes a little bit more to? Oh yeah. Different From things? there, I went to. I mean, I'd, I'd go to Reno, Carson City, um, San Francisco. You know. Um, I love Carson City. It's really beautiful out there. Honestly. There's nothing there. <laughs> I love. I love the tranquil. My dad's from there. My bio dad's, yeah. and I go there like a couple times a year. It, there's nothing there, but I like that. There's nothing there. You know yeah. what I mean? I like that. Yeah. So I mean, that opened up a lot, a lot of things. From I mean, coming from a boy that didn't, we didn't travel as much. My folks. Uh-huh. So once I I turned that age, I was like, oh, I need you know, go out and explore the world on my own. Yeah. So which. You know, the other thing, I could have been in Vegas, too. And that's, I mean, I regret that a little bit, too. It's like, I could have been in Vegas. Doing instead your... Of, instead of coming back home, uh-huh. I, I had an opportunity to go to Vegas. It's about there. How how long is that trip? How long was that whole experience? Uh, living in South Lake Tahoe? Yes. About a year. A year? Yeah. And how long would you have been in Vegas? Oh, I would have. I mean, there was a job opening there. Oh, wow. So you could have just been left. Yeah, I would have been. I probably, I, this would never have happened if I would have gone to Vegas. Wow. Why did you stop? What, what, there, that's I, a fork in the road. Why did you choose well, this? Well, I side? came back because my wife was still in Oregon, too. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Um, she does not want to leave. She didn't want to leave, no. So I was like, okay, let's sing, you know. Do, you, do, do you, it for you, babe. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that, that's, that's very admirable, man. That's very admirable. I feel like I feel like I've I've had many forks in the road like that where I wonder where I would have been. So yeah, I mean Vegas is a big city. It's a yeah. I've never been, but I hear things. You uh, know. Yeah, we were just there with her again this summer. What kind of what cool. kind of jobs? What kind of job was that? So it's for like restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, working at casinos, and it was the same atmosphere. The same company. So they own like Caesar's Palace. Uh, Harris, Harvey's, uh, the Bellagio, I think they're what they own. So it's like a big corporation. So, and um, so, and I'm, I'm just like shook. I mean, I'm, I'm shook for you. I'm really shook for you. That's a big fork. Your life could have been a lot different, but it looks oh, like you're yeah. happy. I mean, if you're happy, you're yeah. happy. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you have to look forward to next? Like, as far as like now, so you have this gig coming up with your music, okay? Uh, <clears throat> and then the music, you, you have the gig Saturday, but you're taking a two week break. What's happening after that? Uh, well, that's what we're going to plan on. I don't know what's... Hopefully next year brings, you know, um, with the music side, hopefully we do more videos, uh, put ourselves out there, I guess, with the band, and see what comes next. And now with your uh, working in the industry, with the, the wine industry, where, 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 what's the next goal? Where, where's the next pillar for you? Uh, I think, well, uh, the vineyard that we're working on, I think it's what going to take a lot of my focus for the next, I don't know, I'd probably say 10 years at least. 10 years yeah. for the next one? So you kind of already have it mapped out. Yeah. You don't see yourself getting allured by something else and wanting to quit or no. wanting to switch? Like you're committed? No, once you, once you establish a vineyard, it's like you really have to push yourself to have it produce some really good fruit uh-huh. and get some really good winemakers involved. You know, and that's what really gets your name out there too as a, as a grower, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, what what does that mean to you? Your name being out there like that, like is that? I that's that's what I'm um, um, I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, man, that's really yeah. impressive. I'm very impressed with, with just how diverse your life is. <laughs> like, yeah. Like honestly, I got, lot, I got a lot going on, and it's like it's nice too. Because where do you find you know, the time? Huh? Where do you find the time? I, I wish I had more. Time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just goes every week goes by so quick, and it's like. Man, I wish, you know, why can't there be like 40 hours in a day or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, I mean, do you want to do real, real quick, we're kind of winding down, what kind of, uh, do you want to post, where, where can we find you um, and where can we find your stuff? And I want, I want, and I want, and I want to talk to Sam still because Sam's over here, and and I want everyone to remember Sam's still here, guys. Uh, but I'm I'm very focused on you at the moment. But what, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, we haven't created a website yet or a, a Facebook page or anything yet for this stuff because we're not there yet. Um, but um, if you look me up on Facebook as Adrian Mendoza, you can find. I'm always posting stuff up through the vineyard stuff or, or even the band stuff. You use it as like your professional. Yeah, I use it as both. I mean, I, my Facebook is I keep it pretty pretty professional. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just recently started doing that, so it's pretty cool. What's your yeah. What's your band's name? So the band name uh, is Grupo Fuerte PDX. You can look us up. There's a web page for that. There's a uh, you know you can contact our manager. You want to book up a gig? Look up our videos. All that stuff. You can find it on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and yeah, 
Well, amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having a quick conversation with me. This is really cool. I, I'm still very impressed with how you manage your time skills and how you manage, you know, being 30 and I've already accomplished so much in your industry. Uh, I think that's I feel like uh, it's so little though. <laughs> but that's the thing to someone like me who's still learning and like through you and through Sam, I'm still learning. I live yeah. like vicariously through you guys. And um, it, it's, it's, oh, what would, thank you. Um, I, I, I learned through you guys, shot. so I think it's pretty shot. cool. Yeah, shot. no, shot. take a shot. Sam, can you tell us what you just did right now and what we have? Oh, uh, just, um, <laughs> well, cheers. Yeah. Brought you the Alvareño. Thank you. This is, yeah. what can you tell me about this one? This wine, um, I met the grower because I was at Community Voices, uh-huh. which is part of uh, uh, Portland uh, public radio station. Um, and she was, uh, the grower was there on Wine Crush podcast. Wine Crush. <laughs> yeah. And then I was there with another member of Aivoy. Mm-hmm. We were on the show of Community Voices speaking about the nonprofit. And we finished the show. And Wine Crush podcast had already finished and they had appetizers and some wine going. Uh, the label was One Love Cellars, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, is One Love Cellars. The vineyard name is One Heart Vineyard. And it's planted, uh, it's out, it's just on the outskirts of Turner, by the way, out here in Turner, Oregon. Uh-huh. And Alvareño, this is what I feel that should be planted more out here in the valley. How, <clears throat> how accessible is this, uh, this uh, grape? Not so much. Yeah. And um, I'm glad Adrian brought up uh, uh, his, his next step in his career mm-hmm. on leasing the property. And um, definitely the, the style, the organic style that you have on your show uh, really surprised me because I, I've known Adrian, but it's always been on the go and small talk. Yeah. So definitely learn a lot about him tonight. Isn't it kind of <laughs> cool? Like, just I think I'm going to have him lay that, uh, down a track for my next rap. I mean, it's, it's a <laughs> for my next wine country rap, you know? Yeah. It might, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we, building out uh, communities out here somehow. I, I, yeah. From turning nothing, something into nothing, basically. And that's no, it's totally. Super organic. And I, I like the awkwardness. I like the, the, the weirdness. And if you leave here tonight feeling like this was awkward and uncomfortable, good, because that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> that's how meeting people is supposed to be is awkward. If, I feel like when things click too much, it gets boring. And I like, yeah. I like that this is more natural. And I'm, I mean, I'm not going to edit any this out i mean i like the the i like the the realness of it it's like i want people to feel like this is like they're just sitting right here having a conversation having a sip yeah. like we are this is really delicious what do you think about the wine it's not harsh at all a lot okay. of wines that i've had recently not yours specifically yours have all been very good um this is very mellow good and it's very so clear. you tried other wines that are a little too acidic acidic's the word yeah. yes and it's hard to take down because it almost feels like yeah like like you're almost forcing yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. imagine this wine going out to the coast with some oysters or, yeah. you know, I love poke bowl. I love poke or, bowls. Or good, really hot, spicy Thai or Vietnamese food. Can I tell you, or, the, one of the best poke bowls I've ever had was uh, on North Shore, Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. It was probably the best. <clears throat> I remember it was made with from this old <clears throat> Hawaiian lady, this old, you know, she was like, Dirt old, like 93 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she went out and got the fish that day, uh, that morning, 4 a.m., went out, got the tuna and got it herself, came out, skinned it, and then uh, and then cut it up and uh, made the rice and everything and, and put it all together with the scallions and everything. That that morning was the best ever, and I'll fight anybody who tells me otherwise because that is magical. I'll never have anything like that ever again, honestly. So I can when you say things like this, I wish I had that with this because that pairs very well. This is immaculate. I don't, I don't, I'm a fan of really good wines and you've always bring me fire. Like those wines you had me try. Amazing. Amazing. Like, yeah, I'm actually going to go see the, uh, the wine buyer there. Uh, I met up with Luis at, uh, uh, Basil and board, by the way, a restaurant here in Salem. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. If you haven't been, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Um, they have really um, good food there. But, you know, going back uh, 
when you're talking to Adrian and more of the subject of people going to work or the industry that he's in, Mm -hmm. you know, keep in mind, even with COVID happening, you know, think about all the industries out there where farming does not stop. Yeah. Like during COVID, that's the thing, you know, farming did not stop. And a big thing that's happening, the push in Oregon is overtime pay Mm -hmm. and for the farm industry. No word. Which I feel this has, it, it, it needs to happen. I mean, even um, for stats in California being so crazy on the folks that are in the poverty level and um, happen to be in the farm trade. Isn't, isn't that fucking crazy? Folks yeah. that break their back in farming to provide us produce are are struggling themselves to get food on the table. <clears throat> well, do you remember this? Uh, was it this last summer with the, um, with the heat wave and people were still out there? Mm-hmm. Like how do yeah, you, that's I, another thing. That's another thing that's really abused. Uh, I feel in other, in, in some States are not as regulated as others mm-hmm. where, you know, um, maybe a way of modern slavery. I feel uh, it. Uh, mm-hmm. More, more, more because of of both sides of the party. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he hit a point earlier where some vineyard stewards have the skill of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love what they do, but plain and simple too, they 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 need the income. Uh, but but good thing that they like what they're doing mm-hmm. as well, because uh, for the wine industry. And this took place many uh, years ago when uh, cannabis was legalized in Ashland, Medford area mm-hmm. for vineyard stewards that say we're getting paid. Let's just give an example of 14, 18 an hour. They can easily go make double the amount in the cannabis industry. And it happened in that area. I mean, it made a big story in the Oregonian and it definitely affected the wineries down in that area. And and it's happening in the valley now with with shortages in many uh, in- industries, where yes, you can you can definitely make a, a you can get a higher paying job uh, with other industries, but are you going to enjoy it as uh, plain and simple to what you're doing now? Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the no, wine. Thanks, man, and thank you for yeah. the knowledge, man. Like. Uh, this it's always I love hearing you talk. Yeah. I love hearing you talk. I'm not gonna lie. So I want you to keep posting. I want you to keep doing what you do. No thanks. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping to post one with uh, Adrian when. Uh, so he told you about you know his pro his next project. And yes, I think we won't talk m- many details about this right now. Um, I think I'm sure he's still working on. He has he has, he actually has to name the property mm-hmm. in general, but he reached out to me and I connected him with another winemaker and. You know, he's um, he's going to be working with us on on our wish list or or maybe he he's going to tell us what he actually wants to plant as well and sell it to us down the road. But this that's an investment what he's making, Luis. Wow. Because he's actually planting. You can plant the vineyard from the the beginning Mm -hmm. and you will not have the fruit quality to make wine until five years. Think about think about that investment. Why five, though? That's usually the average. Really? Imagine when you plant a vineyard from the beginning. That's, you, you, okay. you can get vines that are already of age mm-hmm. and save some time. Mm-hmm. But That's if you really want to start from the beginning, from picking out the rootstock and the clones, like he's planning to do, how he, how he mentioned it's going to be a 10-year plan, it really is going to be a 10-year plan for some varieties because it's five years to plant, then you're making the wine, then you're aging the wine, for oh, two years, mm-hmm. then the wine is in the bottle for another year, and then you see the product come out. What he planted t- ten years. Wow, why? What? <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. Again, imagine for a client of his that yeah. you know, and if he, and if he definitely goes with some uh, again a quarry clone. Mm-hmm. Again, the five years for the vineyard to get into production, and then add another the six year when the actual wine is being made, and then again. Some may, might decide to age it for two years in the barrel. Mm-hmm. That brings us up to eight years. And then bottle aging for one year. 
I mean, that's yeah, that is just that's shy. The of, whole, that's almost that the is just shy of ten years when you're releasing that wine. That is very crazy of a timeline to think. How far are you into this next cycle? So, like we said, ten years. Are you just he's in, in the year, very beginning? He's in year zero. Year zero. So you're just getting the deals laid out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. You're like in Still year one. Yeah, you're you're, we're, negoti- we're, you're we're in negotiations. We already got the the site down. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just a matter of. Uh, is this here in Salem or does it stay? Yeah, in? it's here in uh, what's in the Ola Hills AVA, which is uh, we're in the section of just here of uh, West Salem on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's 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 a long process. You got to think about the layout you want to do. You know, the soil structure. What do you what do you think works best for you know this slope and that slope? You know, and and having a design because it. I mean, it's all it's it's a big process. So. And people don't look at it like that. You know, when you see a vineyard planted, it's like, oh, look, they're putting, you know, some vines in. But they, yeah. they, they just don't know the amount of work and, and research that went into that, too. You know, it's. Um, and now, so did you just, I know you just kind of, if, you, you, you did other things, but how much education did you have to have for all this? Because this is a very, very detailed plan. This is a very goal-oriented plan. How much education did you have prior to this uh, on for, the subject for for vineyard stuff? How much? I'm I'm still I'm still uh, I'm not currently enrolled right now, but uh, because of the whole COVID stuff. But I was enrolled at Chemeketa. Mm-hmm. I was taking their, their vineyard management class. Um, but before that, it's a lot of experience and a lot of hands on working with other managers and you know being able to you know over the 15 years, I think I, every year I've been planting a vineyard. Every you know, year. In, in, in different different areas and you know i've worked with um i don't remember how many companies so far I, i've been with with this current company for the last five years now mm-hmm. and before that you know i because that's the thing that i i that's that's was one of my things when i first started i was like I, I can't you know i felt like at one spot you can't learn everything so i was like that wasn't my goal to just you know start somewhere and just stay there for 15 20 years I jump from site to site. If so, if I saw a different opportunity come up from a different winemaker or winery, I I get on it. It's like oh, I want to work for you guys. You know, I want to see what you guys are doing, and that's 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 how I got a lot of my experience too, and um, and that's what's helping me now establish this vineyard. Dude, props to you. This is yeah. a big deal, and it's cool to see both sides of the uh, of the the puzzle here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's very cool that you guys are able to, you know, bust that out like this, your end like this, and then your end like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Sam, really quick, what do you have going coming up in the next couple? Uh, but other than this uh, project, what what else you got in the works right now? Um, I am gonna be uh, getting my license in California. Um, you leaving? It's us? gonna no. It's gonna be a step of going to sell the product myself mm-hmm. which i can go get the license in california mm-hmm. or i can save that step and find a distributor to sell my wine in california so that is the next step because here in oregon i have met with a couple of distributors but mm-hmm. they're trying to add an additional discount of the nego- ne- negotiating part and i'm doing so well going to sell the product myself and placing it at where I could be out a lot more throughout the whole state, mm-hmm. but I feel with my long history and being from California where I can provide the wine broker that I connect with. I can provide them the leads because I have friends that still work for wine shops or restaurants because they have such a great job they they don't really jump ship, you know? They're not really jumping around from job to job. They stay put. And they they told me this past year they're like, "How come you didn't get your cal- your your license in California? Mm-hmm. We don't even have to try your wine. We just we want to support you and place your wine here." And that would be a a great combination of uh staying with family as well while I'm visiting. Uh-huh. So that is the next step of growing because I already told you how I grew in 2020. Which um, I'm about to sell out of a third wine. So that's three out of seven wines. Actually, I'm sorry. Two of them will be sold out soon. So I'm going to remain with just 
three out of the seven wines that were made in 2020, Mm -hmm. which is good because they're stored here in Salem at a place called Northwest Distributing. So I have to pay on a monthly fee to store this wine in there, which is, it's, it's, um, it's not a large, it's not a big bill. And, and, but it's good for me to keep moving the wine because, you know, again, for, for the wine industry, it's like, yes, it's great that you want to get in it on the making side or for him on the viticulture side. But when it comes to actually producing the wine, the main thing with that is you have to push your product because Mm -hmm. before you know it, here comes the harvest. And before you know it, your product is getting bottled and here comes the next year and you have to do it all over again. So there's, and there's many, and and unfortunately there's, and Luis, there's many wineries that are paying a lot of money where they have multiple years stored because some of them don't have the time where they might be only open on weekends for their tasting room and they might have a second job like I do. And they're just, they, they don't have the time to go out and sell a product like, like I'm, I'm doing it. So, but does, when it ages, isn't that the good part? If it doesn't, if it sits around, is that isn't that uh, on want? a good product that definitely sellers really well? But when a wine is not made, when it's not a good wine and when it's not properly made, it is not going to age well at all. You're sitting on back inventory of a wine that is just getting worse, Luis. Wow. Yeah. So you're just sitting on a product that nobody wants to buy. You stress me out. You know that? <laughs> That's stressful. Y'all stress yeah. me out. No, so for, though, yeah. And again, for, for myself, it, it's, uh, it's been great because the first two vintages starting out really slow. And, you know. How many cases do you produce? So in 2018, between two wines. Um, I'm sorry. In 2018, between three wines, it was 100 cases. Mm-hmm. And then 2019, between three wines, it was um, 200 cases. And in 2020, between seven wines, it's 500 cases. Wow. So that's a big jump where I actually have wine stored right now mm-hmm. of the ones that I made more of, where the more minimal amounts, this is actually the first one to sell out. This wine, I bottled it. It was out the third week of February, mm-hmm. 50 cases in three bottles. It was gone by the, the second week of May. What's your technique? Just go hard. <laughs> just you know, stay consistent. Follow up with folks. You know, you know I remember and, we had that conversation at a at a at Basil and Board, and I want to make my own wine, not make my own wine, but like have my own labeled wine, yeah. where it's like down the rabbit hole wine. But then you tell me things like that, where it's like, like you need to go hard, and that stresses me out because it's like, can I go hard? What 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 kind of advice do you have someone like me who has all these aspirations? How do you go hard? It's a it's a combination um again with my background where I already had a sales background where I have a base clientele mm-hmm. where from the beginning they wanted to support me and buy direct versus myself. I could have collaborated and seeked out companies that are internet based companies and sell wine, mm-hmm. but then they're getting a commission off that. Where I started out really small and folks were buying directly from me. Mm-hmm. Because they knew that I moved to Oregon, that I wanted to do this on my own. And they wanted to support me once the product was out. So um, it's a combination of my background. It's a combination of uh, meeting folks out here, networking, um, and just uh, planning things out well ahead of time, Luis. You know, planning out my routes, like on again on a day like today. You know, I left uh, I left Dallas at uh, at seven thirty, and I was at the Latino Business Alliance networking event by eight. And then folks were buying wine for me after that, right on the parking lot. Shoot. The trunk was open for business. <laughs> like too short, man. Selling those mixed tapes out of the trunk, you That's know. That's awesome, dude. That's freaking awesome. And then awesome from there, and then from there, I headed north to pl- my route. I plan it out of all the stops that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And imagine you have to stop here and there to use the restroom or important things like that too. The you logistics. know, all the logistics. <laughs> man, this is <laughs> yeah. cool, man. I like I like when you you tell me you. I I just like want to like put like a GoPro on your head and watch you go, man. This is awesome. 
you guys have been listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. This is just touching the surface on each one of these guys. Each one of these guys has an immaculate story, uh, immaculate goals and things going on uh, from both aspects of the the, the industry. Um, and so you guys, just uh, really quick, one more time, can you tell them where uh, Adrian Boyer people can find you and where they can look up all your... Um, all your stuff, just shameless plug before we go. I want them to know about your band, and I want them to find you guys and support those videos, man, because that's that's where it's we at. We want those views so we can get paid by YouTube. That's we want those views. <laughs> I, I want to see you. I want to see you in the next two years with a plaque, right? Those YouTube plaques. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Oh, I, I so, look forward. To <laughs> so, what's your band name, so, and where can we so find you? You can find me on Facebook as Adrian Mendoza. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Adrian T. Mendoza, I believe, is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, the band's name is Grupo Fuerte. You can look us up on Facebook. It's Grupo Fuerte PDX. Uh, same thing for Instagram. Uh, find us there. You can look at all our videos, how to contact us, uh, if you want a gig, you know, and all that stuff. So. All right. And Sam, can you do a shameless plug? Oh, I want, where can we find all your stuff and all your, your, uh, all your, your, um, your delicious, delicious wines, man. This is, again, yeah. it's always a pleasure when you have a new wine to show me because this is amazing. No, thank you. So, uh, at least the wine that we're having right now, uh, two places that bought the wine before it sold out mm -hmm. and might still have some will be Santhium Wine and Bistro. Okay. And Barrel and Keg. And then, uh, other accounts in Salem is Easy Orchard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Whiskey Brown Farmhouse inside the Salem Clubhouse. Uh, Salem uh, cl um, Golf Club. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, four, really... four accounts in town. You're out there, man. Yeah, with, uh, you know, more appointments. Oh, I'm sorry. And I delivered to Roth's today. No. Just blocked from you here off Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The Syrah that you, we actually had at Basil and Board. Oh, that was good. That was really yeah. good. That was really delicious. Yeah. And then uh, social media, it's um, Barra Wine Co. is my handle. And then Facebook is Barra Wine Co. as well. And my website and my Gmail account. Everything is. Everything. I love it. Love I it. might as well get a tattoo of Barra Wine Co. eventually I, somewhere. I, let, <laughs> let, let's do it. I feel like you should do it. I'll let, me, let me go with you. I'll get my, my podcast tattooed on me too. Um, you guys have been listening to Down the Rabbit Hole Podcast 98.3 KMWV uh, Salem. Not even Portland, but it is in Portland. Salem's community radio station and uh, live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcast needs. Uh, we're on everywhere. Thanks to 4.5 of you now. I don't know how that happened. You guys are freaking amazing. You guys just listen to me heavy breathing for the last three years. So uh, I think it's fucking awesome that you guys support me like this. Uh, I think it's great. Shout out to Perrier Water uh, for still sticking by and not uh, not dumping me yet. So um, you guys uh, have a good time. And uh, thanks again, guys, for coming through. I really appreciate both of your guys' time. And I, I think it, we just scratched the surface. I can't wait to see what you both do in the next 10 years. <laughs>